This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Cabal cast. Got me and Reptar here again. Yes, sir. Uh, Going to be a pretty easy episode. It's been slow news. Uh, Watsi seems to be holding everything until the Pro Tour, mm-hmm. uh, which the last topic we'll talk about is going to be what's shaping up with the PPTQs and what they've said about that. Our big thing this week has been coverage. Uh, that's that's the main topic. Watsi has cut all coverage as of Grand Prix New Jersey until the next Pro Tour, Mythic Championship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and basically going to be touching on some of the implications that could have. And then, of course, we'll have our picks, but that's it. So take us away. Yep. Uh, so this past weekend, I think it was somewhere around midday Saturday, we got a notification from Watsi that said that they were going to be cutting coverage of all Grand Prix, uh, Magic Fests, uh, from here on out. And they released their coverage schedule for the first quarter of 2019, which included Grand Prix Prague, which happened, and the Mythic Championship in Cleveland. And a follow-up announcement came that between Cleveland and London, there would be no coverage of any official WOTC event. We couple that with a handful of photos coming out of GP New Jersey, some information from the winner about the trophy photos, and then a seemingly candid text message from one of the photographers to either a pro player or somebody else on coverage that they had been let go from Watsi coverage. Watsi said there was no need for photography anymore at any of these events. And that leaves uh, Tournament Magic as a visible entity kind of in this really awkward space where the game's supposed to be an eSport, but we're basically losing all coverage of high-level events that aren't mythic championships. Good job, guys. Yeah. So, uh, and we kind of have differing views on this, uh, seeing as uh, I was at New Jersey and things weren't as bad as uh, people made it out to be. A lot of these photos that were taken were taken out of context and taken... uh, And uh, a narrative spun from people that don't actually know how these events work, uh, knowing how events like this work as a judge, as a player, and somebody that works for a TO. Uh, something I, I want to cover when I talk about this a little bit. But, uh, you know, Jason, if you want to start us out on how you feel sure. about the coverage change. Yeah. So I think I think it's awful. I, I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's going to do way more damage to the game than good. Uh, you know, I one of the, one of the big things is that you're cutting away all visibility. And mm-hmm. even if, you know, come Cleveland, you decide, or Columbus, whatever, you decide, you know what, it's okay, we're bringing everything back. You have done so much damage to people's ability to believe what you say, to people's faith in your product, that I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they say they want to be taken seriously as an eSport. They have these people streaming Arena. They don't have big events on Arena. They don't have any plans on like, hey, this is where you know we're announcing an announcement. Haha, <laughs> it's such a funny joke, but fine. I like when they do that. I'd rather them announce, say, hey, we'll have news for you on this day. 
You can look forward to it. We know what we're doing. Because right now it seems like they don't have a plan. And I'm kind of... I'm worried that if they do take big events over to Arena, because Wizards has always said, you know, obfuscating data from our players is fine. We're okay with it. That's why the 5 list changed, Moto releases changed everything. Arena doesn't have decklist released right now. Nope. If they take those competitive events over to Arena and take them away from Moto, where we have this information, all this information is locked into the software that we can't see results from. And that really sucks for standard prices if Arena is, in fact, only standard. Yep. Because at that point, outside of you know Channel Fireball, Star City articles, whatever singles they're shilling that week and they write an article about, and Pro Tours... There's not a whole lot of information besides, you know, checking Reddit or something. Like uh-huh. Goldfish, you're not going to be able to check archetypes. You're just going to have to go back to, like, brewing. And don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against brewers. The problem is, going into an unknown meta, it makes the financial market significantly less stable. Because, you know, we're in week one standard right now, which is always a disaster and may or may not stick. But you could go from Carney T being a $40 mythic and sitting there for three months until the next mythic championship, whatever. And then Carney T's nowhere, and all of a sudden it's a $10 mythic. And at that point, you're like, well, why why do I have these cards in my trade binder? I just lost $30 a piece. I could have buy listed for $25 and been fine. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's really bad. Uh, I I think that it further cements the, like, not really doom and gloom, but the general belief that Paper Magic may only have about four to five years left. Mm -hmm. And I think that if Wizards continues down this path, either through mismanagement or design, Paper Magic's going to be dead within four to five years. Uh, A lot of that makes sense, and uh, especially when you couple uh, kind of... Now, I don't want to say narrow here and be uh, insulting but when you just look at the magic brand as being Watsy only it definitely paints a very yeah. clear picture of exactly what you're saying and that's kind of where uh, our view on this differs yeah so a lot of what people are thinking about is basically magic going back to the stone age in terms of coverage prior to pre-streaming this is basically what we what we had we had periodicals that had our deck lists we had on weekends text-only coverage or text messages from friends at large events like nationals and regionals about the information that was coming in. And that's the way that Watsi has basically made us envision coverage becoming. It's this weird trend that you can also see in watches. People wore watches, then we had cell phones, so they stopped wearing watches, and now there's a revival in the pocket watch and wristwatch scene. It's just kind of this awkward... That's fair. Yeah, cyclical thing. But I think this actually plays more into the narrative of what WotC wants, despite the fact they haven't said it, in regards to the fact that Magic Fests are now going to be these local events. You know, Star City doesn't cover, or I don't know if they still do them, their own regionals. They just let them happen, and then the deck lists were reported in. The TCG Player events, same thing. They weren't covered until you got to the 50K or whatever it was back at TCG Player HQ. And yeah. I think Watsi wants these Magic Fests 
to feel more local by removing a lot of the pomp and circumstance that come along with them. Sure, you'll still have vendors and you'll have players driving hours to get to them, but they want yeah. them not to feel like the circus that they used to be, which is weird because when they named the Magic Fests, that's pretty much what they intended it to be, was this continued circus. Yeah. The other thing it's... that happens... Oh, oh, God. No, go ahead. Oh, it's just that happens with this is that now you shift the focus for non-mythic championship style events to other entities like Star City Games or Mox Boarding House, Card Titan, these other entities that cover Magic almost every weekend and cover it really well, sometimes better than the WotC stream, and in the case of Star City, basically every time better than the WotC stream. <laughs> and it's true. They're still pushing the Magic brand. They're still pushing the narrative of this game along. We don't have to have Wizards of the Coast pushing their own brand in that regard. They can let other people do their marketing for them. And it allows these other entities, these other circuits, these other formats to shine and let WASI focus on what they need to. This also then, then allows them to move all the pomp and circumstance over to these Mythic Championships and make them feel more like the Riot League of Legends event that you would get at large conventions around the world, be it DreamHack or Anime Expo in LA or uh, DragonCon down in Atlanta, uh, PAX Prime, PAX East. We're just going to get these huge events, the first of which we saw at PAX Prime a couple of years ago for uh, Worlds or the Pro Tour that was out at PAX Prime. And we're going, we could get an, uh, a nice tight package of what they, of what they actually want mag Magic coverage to be at the highest levels there. And to go along with the uh, announcement about an announcement, we also don't know what the arena schedule is going to be like for the for the MPL. So the official WotC stream could move over to that. And we'll see on weekends, instead of Magic Fest coverage and slash GP coverage like we're used to, we're now going to see this arena coverage. So while we might not be getting deck lists from arena, at least we'll be able to see the MPL playing and testing and what have you. And I think this, there's definitely a lot more to consider than just looking at Magic as a brand that Watsi controls and start looking at Magic as a brand yeah. that a lot of people have their hands on and hands in when it comes to coverage and play and everything else, and especially when it comes to content delivery. Watsi doesn't deliver the greatest Magic content. That's left up to all the other entities that take care of it over that the years. That actually do it well. Yes, that have... Uh, current pro players writing for them and things like that. Not just talking about the, the fluff of the game or how they develop this mechanic, but actually theory and practice and why they think X, Y, or Z is better than A, B, and C. Yeah. And I, I think there's just... This can go either way. And I don't want to sound like I'm super positive on these changes because I'm not. I really dislike going back to having to buy Inquest magazine to get deck lists and things like that. Swansong was the best article in any periodical ever on the back page of Inquest. Sorry, continue. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> even Inquest used to have the uh, Play Magic, See the World thing on the back cover here and there. Yeah. Which was great. Uh, and I don't want to sound positive about this. I just I want to believe that we're in a dry spell where Watsi is just pulling things from us and we're waiting for the Pro Tour to get everything that we've been waiting on. And this is terrible that we have to wait for this while they just keep cutting things off. It, it's just where we are. I don't think they... What it comes down to, in my mind, is just a complete lack of knowledge on PR and marketing and how to handle announcements like this. I don't think they have anybody that's actually dealt with eSports before. 
you know, if they have somebody on the team that's handling the esports division, that person has most likely never done this job before, or they yeah, have and nobody so. at Watsi is listening, which is also the case sometimes. Yeah, I. Either way, it just feels really bad, and I think that. I think that going regional is fine. I think the issue is that, you know, the one out I can see here, if Channel Fireball says, hey, we know they're not doing coverage, but you know who's hosting every Mythic Championship? Us. Yep. We'll have it up on our stream. But who would they even get? Like, I guess Maria and Rich, maybe? I don't... Uh, I, I don't know. They're all contracted, as far as I know, except for yeah. maybe BDM. He seems to be kind of a hired gun. And Jacob Van Lunen, they kind of come and go, not as they please, but as necessary. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Watsi just shifts the contract. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that if we find out something about that, that's different. But right now, you know, that just feels terrible. I, and I like, agree. Yeah, it's I, it's and it's not just this it's like a compounding of like all of these little things that they keep doing that they're like no we're making we're making big changes it's going to be great here's 10 things we're doing wrong yeah but here's uma here's mythic edition here's mm-hmm. everything to like try to take away from that and I, I don't like it no i i get it and if things go wrong this does lead to kind of a, a crisis with standard standard is in a place it, it's not great especially when you're playing best of one on arena uh, and I, I don't even want to touch the fina- financial aspect of things from my point of view because I honestly I, I don't know I, I, if everything shifts over to arena for the times that we should have magic fest you know, GP coverage how does that play when it comes to card pricing when you have a small player pool of 32 yeah. or maybe 64 people only in these events it it's very difficult, and we're going to see some big things happen starting at that yeah. Pro Tour in regards to finance for Standard. And if they announce that other format, that alternative Eternal format for Arena, we might see some waves there as people try and move that format immediately to paper, you know, a la yeah. Popper. I mean, I, I think the worst part about this is that... It, it might not seem like it at first, but like removing this coverage, I think, actually does damage the LGSs uh, because you don't know what singles you're going to need in stock. Mm-hmm. You don't know what stuff to pay more on because it's it's big this weekend, so someone's going to come in next week and yeah. buy it. You don't know what stuff is bad. So unless you're checking just on TCG prices and making the inference there which at that point you're spending a lot of time on that for an LGS. Mm-hmm. That makes it real difficult. And I think that's that's the thing that is very concerning to me is that you you do something that seems like such a high-level decision, like it only affects up here, and it has huge impacts down here. And I, frankly, I just bring back the player reward program. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> I like the player reward program. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, Dan Dan Bach posted the ten year challenge, right? Yep. And it was the letter saying, "Here's the player reward program. This is going to be great." And then ten years later, it was just blank space. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. It doesn't cost him that much. No. I, but yeah, it, it. It's you know, like I said a couple weeks ago, it seems like there's two halves of this, 
like the Hasbro half and the Watsy half. One half wants the opposite of what the other half does, mm-hmm. and they never talk. Yeah. So you get decisions like, oh, we're revamping the pro club. Three months later, we're getting rid of the pro club. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's a very precarious spot financially for the game, which you know further reiterates just buy reserve list, guys. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, anything that can be reprinted, just divest when you think is appropriate. Yeah. But that's what I did this past weekend. I, I divested from everything, even some reserveless cards, uh, into other larger reserveless cards because I just I can't predict standard. It's very difficult uh, with the coverage announcement. I don't know what's going to happen to standard prices. And yeah. when it comes to modern, I assume the only entity left that's going to carry it with any regular any regularity now is Star City Games, and maybe there will be another tournament series that picks it up. I know MKM in Europe generally does one modern event a quarter, but that doesn't drive prices. So no. I just I got out. You know, I I keep kept my stock to play with, but I just got rid of you know copies five through whatever. Yeah, and that's fair. And I think this is the, this is the time. To do it, yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the last things I want to touch on before we move uh, out of this is a photo that went around when the top eight started. Like I was on my way uh, out of uh, the state when this photo went up, and uh, I don't know who who took it originally, uh, but this is from Evan Irwin's timeline, and it's the yeah. photo of the top eight draft in front of the main stage stage. And what you can see here is two players, sorry, two tables worth of players, uh, four on each side, judges on opposite ends, including the head judge, and a bunch of uh, tables without tablecloths. And there's text that goes with this, that basically talks about the lack of pomp and circumstance and how, you know, this is the end of an era. What does this mean going forward? And almost everybody that circulated this image does not understand anything about what's going on here as an image. As a yeah. TO, when you schedule your room, you are tell- your part of that contract is to tell them when you will be done with the space and when they can start cleaning it up. And so even on Star City streams, when they get into the top eight, you can hear the event staff start cleaning that place up. You'll hear tables and chairs clanging. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's what's going on outside of this image. That's why they're not doing it in the feature match area that they had that was uh, roped off. Yeah, because they were tearing that down. Yeah, you see the table claws on these? That was done by judges. Judges yep. are the first wave of cleaning crews at these events. So what you're also missing here is just a fleet of judges moving tables and chairs out towards the aisle so the event staff can just come around and pick them up. There's really yeah. nothing wrong with this photo. This is just how top eights generally happen for events that don't have streamed coverage because there's no feature match area with cameras. They just put yeah. them somewhere localized, somewhere it's easy for the judge staff and event staff to move these tables and chairs and close this event hall down at the guaranteed time or as close to it as possible without running over. There's yeah. Like, there's really not a whole lot wrong with this photo, and I'd like to stress that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also like to touch on the point as a TO or a store that's hiring your judges, pay them more because they do an insane amount of work for free, like clean up like this. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, pay them for it. I didn't know that that was going to be part of uh, what I signed up for at at GP Montreal a couple of years ago. I don't live that far from it. So I told the uh, judge staff, like, yeah, I can stay uh, Saturday to end of day Sunday and help clean up. And then at the end of day on Sunday, they said, okay, good. While the top eight's going on, this is the standard GP with Marvel. I was in that room 
picking up tables and chairs. And I'm sure you could hear me doing that while the top eight is going on. Yeah. And that's just how it works. Uh, the other thing that we heard from the eventual winner much later on in the night, and this is actually disappointing news, is that there was no real trophy. Yeah. It was just a cardboard trophy. And I, <laughs> I didn't look into it, but there was mention of the fact that it might have been the trophy from Vancouver. Like, the prop trophy that was at Vancouver for some reason was the trophy they used for the photos here. Yeah. And that's a little more concerning to me than, than the cleanup crew coming through. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, you know, it, everyone's like, oh, it's just a $25 trophy. What does it matter? Well, it's, it's not about the trophy itself. It's about what it signifies. Yeah. It's, it's about going away from the ceremony. Which, as you know, I openly will unironically say that football is my religion. I, 19 Sundays a year, I'm off work. I'm in front of my TV at the temple. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't miss a game. And I, one of the things that's great about sports and esports as well is the ceremony. That's what makes it. The, the presentation trophy for the league and the Dota championships and Overwatch, like, that's that's a big deal. Oh, yeah, there's huge. People who follow that, like, that is that is the culmination of everything they've worked for for the last weeks, months, years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think taking, you know, regardless of going down the street to the local trophy shop and getting a trophy, whatever, it's about getting away from that ceremony. Yeah. Getting away from what that means to the people who are grinding this out that, you know, I, I mean, you used to see all the time you'd go into a local store and someone's Star City top eight trophy would be there yep. just hanging out for show because like, oh, great, this guy like he won this and he plays here. Awesome. And that's getting away from that because it gives you this weird sense of belonging to the extremely larger part of the community. And it's like an inspiration almost. You walk in, you see that trophy, you're like, I'm a nobody, but I can win that. Yeah. And I, I think getting away from that is another thing that gives really bad feel-bads uh, as far as the changes that they've made lately. And I think that's, you know, a financial game, the actual game, whatever, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. And that, I think that's rough. The lost sense of accomplishment it is rough. Like when yeah. You just, I, I don't even think that guy walked away with a fake check. It was just a photo with a fake trophy, and, and that's that, you know. Yeah. He's up on the Watsi site, I'm sure, somewhere on the mothership, and whatever cell phone photo they took of him because there was no real yeah. photographer there. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, uh, they probably have, like, a 10-year-old Kodak. It's yeah, fine. exactly. It's I mean, look, they couldn't get Reed Duke's, Reed Duke's mom any shots of him playing, so why would they do <laughs> anything for this guy? Yeah, woof. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that that's it for our primary topics this week because there's a, a, a pretty big and heavy topic that casts fallout throughout the rest yeah. of this game uh, on every aspect. So we just wanted to get something out while we had time. And uh, we know yeah. we were delayed this week, so we want to apologize. I had trouble traveling back on uh, Sunday due to weather. Death in the family here, so sorry, guys. Yeah, so we're doing this midday on Wednesday and trying to get this out tonight. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, yep. On our way out, though, real quick... Uh, picks from each of us yes so so go ahead oh uh, thank you uh i divested from niv mizzet that was part of what i did i got rid of perun he was selling for four all day long on the floor so i took a 
a three and four X multiplier on that. So yeah, uh, if you can get the same, I would suggest doing that. If you bought in below two, now's the time. I don't think this guy's going anywhere in standard from what I've been hearing. No. But, uh, my pick this week is a card I've been thinking about uh, for a while because it has disappeared from modern, and that's Aldrazi Temple. And yeah. uh, from what I've been hearing from uh, a lot of locals and grinders getting ready for uh, the upcoming modern events of Star City, this card is coming up because of Chalice is on two. That's another Chalice on... Sorry. Chalice for one on two deck. And it, yeah. it lost nothing by these past bannings. And it's dropped in, pop, drop in popularity was due to the rise in both KCI and then kept down because of Phoenix. Yeah. And Hardened Scale, sorry. That also kept it down. They were just, you know, kind of yeah. faster. And with the... Uh, Grixis War deck showing up at Star City Indie in the modern sides, which is a ridiculous deck to begin with. Uh, this shuts that deck down too. Chalice on one just yeah. triples that deck. So at uh, $5 market on TCG, uh, I've got the stocks page up. You can see the dual deck version is 5 The most expensive one is Rise at 6 and change. This was a $15 card outside of Eldrazi Winter. Yeah, We could see an, another easy double up to 10 if Eldrazi Tron does come back and take the place it had prior. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really smart. Like you said, I, Eldrazi Tron has been on the wane, and its worst matchup just went away. Yeah. So I think that Chalice on one is still as powerful and modern as it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's a huge boon for the deck, so I, I could definitely see that going up. Uh, on that note, actually and the increase of Chalice. Mine is Promo Abrade. So, first off, the art's great. Second off, it's starting to pop up in some burn lists, some Jund lists in Modern. Mm -hmm. It's still a great piece of modal removal for Eternal formats. Yeah. Uh, and these, these promos are pretty cheap right now, uh, just because it's not a card that's seeing a lot of play, and... Skewer the Critics gives us 12-bolt tribal, 16-bolt tribal, whatever bolt tribal in modern. So this may be the type of thing that you start to see pop up more. And I think that at like $2-ish for the promo, I, that's it's easily a 5 to $6 promo in, you know, 8, 9 months at most. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this card is just great. Uh, really good buy if you can get in for like sub a dollar fifty, especially. Mm -hmm. Pick up every single one you can. Yeah, I mean, standard players still have this kicking around. It shouldn't be that hard to pick up from those guys. Uh, yeah, this this is a card that does go down through all the eternal formats. I believe this and the X and a red destroy artifact spell. See yeah, vintage. by force. Yeah, by force. They both see sideboard play in vintage mm -hmm. because they're yeah. both. Uh, Really good cards when you're just destroying Moxon and Time Vaults. Yeah. So. Uh, and the fact that it also has, the, you know, the three damage to a creature upside, like, it might not seem like a whole lot, but the fact that it occupies a sideboard slot that answers two yeah. potential problems. I mean, I know some people in, that are boarding this in Modern Storm because it hits Damping Sphere and it hits, you know, uh, I guess Spirit is a four butt, but yes. it works towards Spirit. Um, not that they're going to block, but I, I think that that's, I think it's relevant. It is. Uh, I'm just pulling up something real quick because I'm pretty sure yeah. this is a sideboard card or has been uh, in Legacy now for some time. In, uh, yeah. Delver. 
Yeah, Delver. I ran it when I ran Grixis Delver. Uh, I ran one main actually, and Grixis Delver because Chalice on one was just brutal, and you needed K Command number three that wasn't cost prohibitive, and you could get down earlier. Yeah, we, um, don't, we don't have a whole lot of events coming into the new year, but yeah, Braid is uh, definitely a card in competitive major and pro level legacy events. Yeah. So, and I think that you know now while there's a lull in events for mm-hmm. even for modern. I think, you know, Eldrazi Temple of Braid, cards like that that are, you know, potential rock stars in the formats, while they're at a lull at a post-holiday price drop and we're about to hit tax season and have a little bit more of a price drop, yep. this is the time to pick them up. Yep, uh, I think lending credence to that as uh, standard rotation happened in the fall and these were not worth terribly much. There's probably still a lot of standard players saddled with them who would be happy to get rid of this, even yeah. at a reduced cost. Unlike the Fatal Push promo, that'll hold value forever. Yeah. But I like this. I like this as a pick. Yeah. But, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next week. We'll have some more great topics for you. Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter, Thirsty Sizzler, us at MTG underscore ball underscore cast. And I am Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter and Reddit if you'd like to look us up. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please remember to click that bell and subscribe. And uh, if please. you're listening to this on the iTunes app, please give us a five-star rating because we are awesome and deserve it. Yes. Uh, also, stay tuned to our Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon goes live Friday, and we will have the link up for it so that you guys can sub. Uh, we have one, three, and five-dollar increments. Tried to keep it pretty affordable yeah. uh, with some really great benefits in there. So thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it.